been instilled with tactics and training for battling enemies overseas, but we are not taught how to battle the ones within. When the combat zone becomes your comfort zone, what becomes of the home front? I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Together, we're tackling tough topics to conquer whatever challenge you're facing. From your soft unit to your family unit, with our amazing lineup of guests, including special operators, field experts, and so much more. This isn't your typical cool guy podcast. Welcome to All Secure. Joe Stymack is the founder and president of AccuHire Corporation, a company that specializes in selection, engagement, and retention. His clients include notable firms including HR Block, Enterprise Rental Car, PeopleSoft, High Up DOD Commands, MIT, PwC, Marathon Oil, the White House, and others, if I need to say others. He has trained over 12,000 hiring managers at global firms, elite military commands, universities, and fast-growing startups on how to hire high performers over his 20-year career. He has been a speaker at SAOP as well as at national and international conferences. Joe has a passion for research and science. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Kansas. His newest creation is Interview Ready, interviewready.com, an online program created from his years of observing where job candidates fail during their job interview. The program helps job seekers understand the job search process from the employer's perspective, which we learned in the episode. It's very Very important. important. And very changing and to haul all of this plays out. So make sure that you're turning in today because Joe's going to help you create position specific interview questions and practice interviewing skills to gain the confidence you need to get the job over at interviewready.com. I love what he told us about confidence and competence, right? There were so many good nuggets. If you're in the military, you're getting ready to transition out, you need to earmark this, save it and share it because The information here is top-notch. The programs that he offers are top-notch. And this could not only get you the job of your dream, but it can also help save a life. So, The programs are crazy, uh, and they're going to help you get a job. And what is four hours in length. So if you can't invest four hours to help you get a job that you want for the rest of your life and figure out how to get that job. No, and if you're looking to hire people, also... And retain them. And retain them, right? They're all the same, he talked about. Tips and tricks right here. If you have trouble getting a job or trouble hiring people, listen up, all right? This will take away a lot of your stress and help you find that job you want. Yeah, this is a good one. Let's dive right in. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining Tom and I. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I have been looking forward to this since our first phone call. Um, And we had a great phone call. You shared a lot of really interesting questions. One that I asked my teen daughter after we hung up, (laughs) um, even applied it there. So um, your information, your insights, your research, your teaching is broad. It could go to many different areas, but I'll let you kind of start off and let tell us all about what you do and how you help folks. Thanks, Jen. Um, Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you for having me. Um, What I do is I'm a scientist. I love finding solutions to problems. And most of them around behavioral science. So what I do is I look for ways to solve problems with people's lives. Mm. And what I've known is over the years, I've become very good at helping people solve their own problems. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should do something about this. Uh, One of the areas I got interested in was helping people find jobs. What does it take to get a job? How do you succeed? 
I didn't know a thing about it. So I started calling companies. I called Hewlett Packard, Hallmark, Sprint Quaker Oats, Farmland, Coors, all these companies. And they said, yes, we'll talk to you. I'm like, wow. Okay, this is great. And all right, tell me your secrets. What do you do? What do you ask for? What, do, what kind of questions do you do? And I learned and I paid attention. Some of it made great sense. Other ones were like, hmm, never thought of that. <clears throat> but what was nice, I got it from the employer's perspective. Mm. I turned that into a book, which helped me build my first house. It was just a bunch of flashcards of interview questions. So, And then uh, I wrote an article on the internet and Tom, your old command, called me and said, we heard about your work. We read an article. Would you come and help us fix our hiring process? I thought, hmm. I know how the other side hires. Maybe I can teach them how. And, you know, I love the unit. I love what you guys do, but I've got to, it's all you guys are very much into ADD type of children. <laughs> you got to have it quickly. <laughs> so, you know, it had to be brief. It had to be right on the money. And that's what I did. So now it's a four hour program. It teaches people how to conduct great behavioral interviews. Hmm. Think about behavior. It's about past performance. We all have history. These are easy things to talk about. If I ask you, you know, how would you do something? You're going to tell me. But if I ask you, tell me about a time when you did something, the story comes back in your mind and it's right there. That's what really changed everything because now you can actually drill down into that real story. Who was involved? Where were you? What time? What year? What action did you take? What happened? What was the after action re you know, review? Things like that. You can really get into the heart and soul of what they've done, the performance aspect. But what's neat about that is it started me thinking about how can I help people? Yeah. with the problems well it goes back to i talked to you guys about the reality model that tyron w smith uh, invented years ago and i love that model it has helped a lot of people clarify their thinking their thinking turns into action the action turns into the feedback loop says are my actions causing me to live the life that i want and they're not they have a faulty principle on their belief window if i change just that one thing then my actions is going to change and then that's going to result change my results and that's going to make my life better. It's a pretty cool system. That's a very, can you give an example of that? Yeah. How do we find that? How do I, I'm, I'm the guy stumbling into something and go, Oh, that's not it. And I'll keep going. And it, it would be the thing, right? Um, how do we find that thing? It's easy. Go on to Google, do any kind of research and just type in the reality model, the reality model, the reality model. And you'll see it. It, it looks kind of like this. I don't know if you guys can see that or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says needs, belief, window, rules, if then behavior, then results. Exactly. It starts out with needs, the four human needs. All right. What are those four human needs? It's to live. One is to live. <laughs> okay. What am I going to do if, if my rule is I need to live? I'm going to avoid places that are going to cause me danger, right? Right. Except you guys rush in. To those <laughs> I was going to say, except for. I love that kind of stuff. my left. There are some people that have a different look on that. <laughs> to them, it's a choice of adventure. Anyway, the other one is uh, to love and be loved. Now think about that. Uh, if our needs are not being met, we have a faulty belief on our window. Hmm. The other one is to need to feel important. This is what I tell companies when I talk to companies that hire. If you want to improve retention or engagement, make your people feel valued. How do you do that? Ask them one question. Remember what I asked you guys? Yes. What did I do when you felt most valued by me? Except That's I told you question. guys, go to the kids and ask, what did I do when you felt most loved by me? That's the key. Yes. Ask one question because it's going through their filters, not yours. You know, I, I think I told you that uh, my wife, I used to buy her flowers. I thought, yeah, I got this one. I'll buy her flowers, you know. She goes, 
why did you buy me flowers? They only die a week later. I got a mess on my hands. I'm like, oh, okay. Chocolates. I'm going to try chocolates. Chocolates make me fat. I don't want chocolates. Oh, good God. It's like trial and error. It's not working. Yes. Finally, she goes, why don't you just ask me? It's like, hmm, well, that was easy. Might have worked. Yeah. Get right to it. But, but as that, men, we're afraid to ask, like, where do you want to have for dinner, right? Then they're an hour. Like, where do you want to go for dinner? So I'm afraid to ask questions sometimes because going for dinner is a very difficult subject to nail down as well. I'm going to name a restaurant. I don't care. Because where do you want to go to dinner? I don't care. Right. Let's go. To, I don't care. Yes. Restaurant. I know. <laughs> so with your wife, did she did you ask her? Was that part of like a love language thing then? or it's a, it's a love language, a belief window, that kind of stuff. She goes, look, if you want to do something great for me, buy me flowers. I can plant, plant me a flower that will last all season and a perennial I don't have to replace. Too easy. You know, one investment that keeps giving over the years. And I'm getting smarter as I get older. I got a gray hair to prove it. So this is, this is cool. Yeah. But so it takes also... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so you had talked about this belief, like that's the hang up. How do you identify that in yourself? Like it could be pretty difficult to. Well, okay. Think about this. Let's, let's go through the reality model. It's the Franklin reality model. It was created by a gentleman named Hiram W. Smith. Uh, the Franklin Institute, Ken Blanchard, uh, they're good friends. They talk about a lot. You can do, you can find them both. There's uh, videos on YouTube about it. Folks, this is not mine, but what I love sharing it is it opens up people's minds. Okay. If you're not happy with life, something is faulty on your belief windows. You know, uh, I think Hiram talks about, you know, let's, let's go through the model. If you have a belief, a principle on your belief window that says Dobermans are bad, what rules does that tell you? If that is true, then I must do what? I must avoid Dobermans. If I see a Doberman, I must run. You know, that's the problem with that belief window. Well, what is that going to do to your behavior? Your behavior is going to be, ooh, Doberman. And then what's that going to cause you over time? I refuse to do get near a Doberman. There could be some great ones out there. Is that If that belief window is going to, uh, is, it, is it enabling you to live the life you want? Or are you living a life in fear? It goes the same thing with people that have PTSD or anything like that. What caused that? Where did you put that belief on your, that principle on your belief window? If that is true, then that creates a set of rules. What are the rules? If that is true, then you will act a certain way. I will avoid relationships because relationships are hurtful. Mm -hmm. They may end. Nobody understands me. Whatever those principles are, that creates a <clears throat> series of actions and behaviors and if those behaviors are not meeting your needs over time, you have a faulty principle on your belief window. Wow. I think of, yeah. If I change that, you know what? I am worth loving. How is that going to change my behaviors? If that is true, then I will do what? Then I deserve to be loved. And if that is true, what are my behaviors going to be? I'm going to do things, nice things for people. I'm going to invite people to come into my life to open up. And how's that going to change my life over time? It's going to make me a lot happier. I'm going to be re-involved with life. It's understanding that if you have a faulty belief window or a faulty principle on your belief window, your actions are going to change over time. And it's going to be either closer to meeting one of your needs, and that is to love and be loved. Simple as that. Why? Just, 
I'm sitting here as you're talking, thinking, man, that's me. What? You know, and that's people I know. And then I went to imposter syndrome where I don't feel good enough to be here yet. I'm here. Right. I, so many people at that organization I used to work at um, are top of the line. Right. But then when we get there, we don't feel top of the line. Right. We're like, I, there was a lot of people I talked to myself, um, obviously, like, how did I get here? I don't deserve to be here. Those guys are so good and I'm not. And then I talk to those people. They're thinking the same things. They're thinking I'm the good guy and they're not. And how, you know, how can they be like me? How is it guys that get that far have this problem? Um, Guys, I say guys, but people get this far and have this problem of not feeling good enough yet. They're there. <laughs> Tom, it's because you, you just, you just said it. You're not, you were not aware of that faulty principle on your belief window. I am not good enough. Hmm. You see that? If you're if if that is true, what is your behavior going to be like? Tell me your behavior if that's true. Yeah, I shy away from things. Um, ah. you know, I yeah, I I pull back from things I could get done and do, and then, you know, and and I'm punishing myself all the time. Right, and that's the results. Are your results meeting your needs over time? Is that going to make you a happier person? Is that going to help you reconnect? No, it never does. It pulls me in deeper. Exactly. It's a it's a whirlpool. It sucks you down. Now, let's change that simple principle. I am not good enough. I'm not at the top. My others are. Let's change that to saying I am good enough. If that's true, then what are you going to what's your behavior going to look like? Man, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to act. You could just see uh, that do, 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 right down the line. Yeah. It's okay. good. Yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I'm trying to get to the how. And I you know, I know the how. Um the house difficult. The house to me is repetition over and over again. And we run retreats and we ran one and we, we finished up. And we jumped on a boat, like to go deep, you know, to just uh, decompress, decompress, I almost said dehumidify, but decompress. <laughs> and, uh, that threw me off. Like, I don't know. Well, that's Kansas. Doing. That's where you need to dehumidify. <laughs> yeah. so we go out to decompress for just like a couple hours of driving on a tri-tune on the lake, you know, and, and it's, and Jen looked at me. She's like, you know, you're a good man. And I'm, 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 I start shrinking inside myself. And we just taught this at our retreat, you know, feel good about yourself. And she said, you can say you're a good man. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. No matter what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't know why I can't get to that. I don't know. I don't know why I can't get to it. You know what I mean? I, I want to. I know the work to get there and I work and try at that. But that's so many things that so many times of what we hear is. I'm not good enough. And that's why I know people go down that path. Um, yeah, but you're spiraling doing that. You're, you're not, you know, it's like you got to get to, you know, climb 50 steps to get to zero. And then oh, you go yeah. from there. But it starts with you have a faulty principle on your belief window. By making that one small change and becoming aware of it that, hey, you know, I am worth loving. I am a good person. And start telling yourself that. No matter what you put in your head, your mind's going to automatically uh, tell you that is true. If I, if I tell myself I'm a Martian, I believe it, and that's true, but it's not true. You see that? I heard what the brain can't think in the negative. It's like everything you don't eat, it hears eat. That. You know, we, we're taught not to be, you know, we're taught to be humble, not take credit. Yeah. We're never good enough. You know, when did our parents, you know, it depends on how you grew up too. You know, did your parents, you know, oh, you're no good at that. You're never going to be good enough. You're never, your neighbor's better than you. You know, my my dad used to do that to me. But one of our friends, their kid's smarter than you. Look at them. They're on the honor roll. You're not. Okay, what happened? Yeah, that sounds familiar. You, know, you, start, you, start, you start hearing enough of that. You start believing maybe I shouldn't really? be at school. <laughs> you know, but 
you know, then you got to dig yourself out and say, okay, I am good enough. You got to change your own beliefs, which is really crazy. I am good enough to be that person. I deserve to be loved. You know, I deserve to win. I deserve to live the life I want. And we literally I make fun of people like that. We literally will put down people like that. And we need to be that way in a certain amount, right? I mean, I used to. People that stand yeah. up, I'm good. And I, I'm like, oh, God, this person, you know? And it's like, but they're happy. Even if they really believe it, they're not just slamming their fists and doing it as another sales tactic. And they really believe it and they're happy. And I'm like, man, that's what I'm chasing. But as soon as I hear from someone else, I'm like, yeah, right. You got that. Or and even, I can't get it. it was a point of contention for him as well of, why can't I have what others have, which is joy and happiness? Why can't I get there as quickly as somebody else? And you then, then you pile on with, I'll life. never get there. I'm not good enough to get there. So it's worse for you. It's like, uh, stop uh, that. You know right? what? I grew up in the inner city of Kansas City. who were you know, blue collar as you can get. A little tiny house. Most people didn't have aspirations. You know, we're taught, okay, you're you're here. This is how, how you're going to go. You know, yeah. really, teachers really didn't care if they ever gave you a real education. Once I got out, I realized just how much I didn't know. You know, I soon went to college. I was like, holy cow, with all these red marks, you know, what, what's this F look like? Uh, I thought I was getting A's in high school. Yeah, that was true. I don't even think the teacher knew how to write. <laughs> so I got to college. It's like, okay, obviously she has no idea what's how to write either. None of us do. I had to start over. And it was a hell of a climb. Uh, you guys know that. But it has desire. It, it starts from within a passion to do something better. Anyone can do it. It's just, if you change the simple principles in your belief window, you are better than you think. You know, what is that? Winnie the Pooh says, you're smarter than you are. You're, you know, I forget that. My wife That's threw that. Wiser. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if we tell ourselves enough of that, you start believing that. Yeah. If you tell yourself, I'm no good. I never deserve success. I don't deserve to be loved. You start believing that. And guess what? Your actions push people away. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But you may not see that. But it's it's accepting yourself. Said, okay, I am what I am, but I can be better. I want to be better. I am worth loving. You know, I've got great talents. So I tell people when you apply for a job and you start telling the companies, um, they want to make sure that you have confidence in what you're doing. If you, if you like that confidence, you can't come across as being the person I want to hire. Confidence equals competence. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. People without confidence, even though they can be completely competent, will not get the job offer because they did not come across as that. So what, what I like helping people do is realize, look, you have all the tools within you. you have, you've had incredible experiences. Tom, you've set incredible goals. You've, you've overcome incredible hurdles. Most people in their life will never even come close to meeting those kinds of hurdles. You succeeded. You're still here. You're alive. You, you fought for our country. There's something significant here. Start looking at what you did, not what you didn't do, or start looking, comparing yourself to others. Start just looking at yourself. Hey, I am worth loving. I am worth living. And once you start believing that, you tell yourself enough times, it's life changes and it becomes really fun. That's it. Do as I say, not as I do. I, I, yeah. I, I, I preach the same thing and, I, and I'm like, I don't do the same things myself most times. You know, I, yeah. we're the harshest critics. You know, we yeah. are because we look ourselves through our own, you know, faulty mirrors. Yeah. But look at yourself. Where did that principle come from? Where did that, that belief come from? Why did I stick it up there? What did I experience that made me believe I'm not worth loving? What did I do that's so horrible in life? 
Was it me or was it something, was it a circumstance that was survival, life and death? Look deeper and then replace that with something that is empowering. It's not like it's welded to the damn belief window. It's not, it's not welded there. You can just say, okay, take it off, throw it away. Put a better one on there. If I, if I put a better one, you're going to start acting differently. And that action, I just helped a guy out of Texas do that. In fact, I was talking this morning. When I first met him, it was like, you are so critical of yourself. You're down. You're, you're, you know, who's going to hire you? Guy's incredible. Double doctorates. Wow. I said, but listen to you. Where's your confidence? He goes, oh, hell with that. You know, as I lost that a while, a long time ago. I was like, who's <laughs> going to hire you? Today, a couple months later, it's like he's a brand new person. Wow. Still has not found a job, but he's happy again. He says, I just realized something. The, I had a faulty belief, faulty principle in my belief window, and I, my actions were doing exactly that. Today, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to a new adventure. i got passion as well. You can, it's like somebody turned a switch on this, on this dude and said, you know, you're a whole new person today. Wow. Life's fun again. So, yeah. I because can I'm imagine that doesn't happen overnight. So changing that. It's oh. over time, but you have to do something. You have to, first of all, put the right principle on your belief window. You have to take the actions. you got to start acting differently. That is in alignment with what you just put on there. I am worth loving or I deserve to be loved. I want to love. Whatever it is, you need to change that. And once you do that, your actions have to uh, correspond to that. And if you do that, you're, all of a sudden, it's just, it's almost automatic. Wow. It starts happening. People start hanging out with you. They start asking you to do stuff with you. You're a fun person again. You've, you've rejoined the human race. You have to start on saying acting. You have to start acting that way because if you don't believe it, you are acting. But the more you act, the more you start maybe believing yourself, you know, by behaviors of other people. Yeah, I'm sure own. it feels awkward at first when you've changed that belief and you start you acting. Fake. I would feel fake. Yeah. Like, I don't really believe this myself, but I'm acting happy. You know, it's I'm, I'm smart and I'm confident, you know, and I'm... <laughs> And inside, I'm like, you're fooling everyone. <laughs> no, you're not. You know what? The sad because you, you got to start really digging deeper. What? Give yourself some real points. Where did I? Why should I believe that's true? You led people in your life. People followed you. Why did they follow you? Because they trusted you. Okay. I'm not a psychologist. I don't pretend to be one. I'm just a behavioral scientist. I love research. And it's amazing how easy people can come out of things. But you've got to understand how you got there. I talk to like my friends that have like a one point of failure in their life that they just keep going back to. Hey, I'm the guy from the, you know, name yeah. that issue. Hey, I'm this name that issue. It's always the same issue that they think everyone remembers, but no one remembers. Yeah. And you end up telling these people, stop living in that spot, right? Move on. Yeah. No one cares. And, and But they live there and it's like their identity and it drags them back. And that's the thing that holds them down. But think about it's, not, it's not a bunch of things. It's one thing that's that they've no, repeated. That's a faulty principle in the belief window. Somebody needs to go and yank that sucker down, toss it, you know, put something yeah. better up there. I am worthy. I am worthwhile. You know, I am a fun person, whatever it is. Break the barriers. Do something crazy. Do something that's out of your norm. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who's a lawyer. He said, look, you know, he had a pretty nasty divorce. He says, you know, this is my third time around. This is not fun. You know, and so I can't believe what am I doing wrong and just down in the dumps. I said, you know what? You think you're down your dumps? I said, why don't you go to a local shelter and volunteer at a local soup kitchen for the homeless? 
and watch the gratitude of the people who come there just to get a free meal. They have nothing. Yet you're serving that meal for them. Think about what you just did for them. That right there was a change in my life when I did that. I did yeah. that for a couple of weeks or, or three weeks, I think. And it was a, a, a distinct change in my life of, of gaining a little more empathy of everything I'd lost. Yeah. And it also makes you feel valued because somebody says, thank you. Thank you so much for this. This is the next meal. I didn't know where I was going to get it, but I got it. I got fed. And they said, you know what? I'm a, I was a partner at a rather large law firm and I never felt this valued. Yet these people have nothing. All of a sudden, I'm empathizing with them. I see the pain, but I see the gratitude in their lives and their eyes better than I just wanted a massive case for a client. That's just money. But I took care of them. I took care of them. I gave them food. And he says, you know what? I just started reevaluating my life. What really matters to me, not what matters to the world, what the world sees in me, but what matters to me. And I'm going to start living differently. And he was an interesting guy. You know, he's a, he's a good guy. Just forgot that to be that person, stop worrying what others think of you. Stop looking at what you want to, what you see as yourself. And that's the hardest thing to do. It's hard. That's difficult. I was, yeah. I was ready coming into this with questions about finding jobs and how it's about <laughs> finding jobs. And this is about humans. I had questions like, well, what about AI and all this thing? I'm like, well, all right, this took down a different path of just humans being better humans. And then you, you'll get a better job and you'll find people that want to want to work with you. Yeah. Well, honestly, I was going to ask for our listeners too. What was that article that you wrote that um, caught the attention or interest? Which one for that uh, that company of the yeah. unit? Yes. called Behavioral Interviews and Applicants' Toughest Challenge, 1995. I think there's like five people on the internet, Al Gore, myself, and a couple others, you know, but <laughs> remember Al found the internet. He so invented it. Yes. <laughs> Got to give him credit. <clears throat> but that thing ended up all over the world. And it was, you know, it's kind of like a Dear Abby. I used to write the career talk column. Uh, it's funny. Sometimes you never know how you touch people's lives. I had this kid from Australia, 29-year-old named Frank, uh, wrote me an email. Dear Joe, you know, just wanted to... Uh, to ask you a question, I'm just, I'm 29, I lost my job, I moved back home with my dad, I feel like a total loser. Any advice do you have for me? You know, very appreciated, Frank. And it was nine o'clock at night, I was about to shut the laptop, you know, go to bed and do something, you know, I like working late. Um, I decided to write him, hey, Frank, you know, how are you? You know, it's, uh, I think you're, right now you're feeling pretty down. Go get this book called Awaken the Giant Within by Anthony Robbins. It's a great book, folks. I've given away probably 50 of them there's a lot of wisdom in that book. Uh, it's about life. It's about learning. Even Billy Joel said, you know, he thought it was crazy after he broke up his 19, he's, you know, failing or start struggling musician, girlfriend dumped him, checked him to a mental hospital in New York and said, hey, I'm not that crazy. Let me out. No, you got to stay here two weeks. You know, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I will never feel that low again. Sometimes you got to see what real low looks like. Your low may be here, but some people's lows are down here. Sometimes that's why I said, go to that soup kitchen, find out you think you're low, go, go help someone. All of a sudden you feel needed. Remember one of the four needs is need to feel important. Mm. Need, to, need to be loved and be loved, need to feel important. This is why I tell employers, look, you want to stop uh, turnover or you want to uh, improve engagement, ask that one question. For each manager, ask that question, what did I do when you felt most valued by me? And you're gonna, you might hear back, you've never made me feel valued. Wow. That's harsh. Next question you must ask is, what can I do to make you feel valued? Mm. 
Well, next time you give me an assignment, why don't you take five minutes explaining to me exactly the way you want it so I'm not guessing and you're yelling at me every time I screw up. I don't try to be bad. I just don't know what you want. Wow, we have communication finally. And I've had stories where managers have told me, Joe, I asked that question. I've never been, you never made me feel valued. And we're both crying at the end because for the first time we finally connected at the communication level. The same thing goes with relationships. You know, people are there. I had a a police, uh, I won't say what rank, but person in the Dallas Police Department said, Joe, you saved my marriage. A couple of days later, what did I do? Now I'm a marriage counselor. All of a sudden, no, I'm a, I'm a research scientist. I'm not a marriage counselor. Because I went home and I asked my wife that simple question. You know, and he blamed me on it. Our teacher today told me, go home and ask you this question. It wasn't brave enough to just do it. Yes. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, what was the question? He goes, what did I do when you felt most loved by me? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I, I didn't think you even cared any longer. Wow. He says, yeah, he goes, I do care. I just lost between the kids and my work. I forgot that, you know, how to connect with you. And so I figured that, you know, you're, you're finding your own life. I'm finding mine. And we're just don't, we're just not there together. And I thought, how sad was that? He goes, but, but Joe, there's, it gets better. He goes, I do care. I do love you. We built a great life together. We raised some great kids. We need a start. I want to reconnect with you. She goes, well, I do too, but I didn't know where to begin. That one question started a conversation. And sometimes that's all it takes. And sometimes it may be hard to hear. Well, you did this, you did that. Instead of blaming what he said, we have our first date in over 20 years next Friday. Wow. Don't make me cry. Sometimes one question. Either on the company level or at the personal level. Ask your kids that. They're going to tell you from their perspective, from their, to what makes them feel important, what's going through their minds. But you got to ask the right questions and then you got to listen. That's a tough part, too. Mm-hmm. I, I did that with my 16 year old daughter after you and I hung up that day. And I was Let so me excited. Use all of this on you really quick. <laughs> I might screw some of it up, but let's get, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awful exactly. brave. You know what? Blame it on me. If you have to say, our, t- our told us to ask that question. I got to ask you this question. It was really interesting though, the conversation that came from it. And, and I was surprised and I had to do exactly what you said is just be quiet and listen yeah. and, and try to take that information in. Um, and it was a different answer than I frankly thought I would get. Um, and, and I guess that happens when, you know, somebody goes home and says now, okay, here's a question in that if you're in a relationship, so they were struggling obviously, and they had gotten to that place of complacency. What about in a relationship that's heated, um, or, you know, in that space of blame, 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 and you go to a partner and say, Hey, when was the last time I made you feel most love? That could be a nuclear. Hmm. Going off. Question. Question. But the fact that you've asked it, you've basically taken the pressure off that pressure cooker. You took the lid off mm. and there's no more pressure. Now you can speak freely. It's not like it's, you know, waiting to fuse the blow. Yes. Now it's like, okay, you know, I understand I did bad things. I understand I wasn't there for you. Take the blame. What can I do to reconnect with you? You're an important part of my life. I want to reconnect with you. Or from the first, you know, guy's perspective, I want to be loved. 
I just lost my way. I don't know how to do it. I want to, I want to reconnect with you. You're a very important part of my life. I just don't know how to tell you. What can I do to reach you? That sentence right there explains everything and lays it all out. Which one? Right there. I, I want to do something. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to reach you. I, I want to reach you. you know, I, whatever that sentence is, is, is that just willingness. straight communication. Yeah. Opening up and you're laying your heart out and they'll either step on it or, or walk right in and help you, you know, and then you'll know, right? It's it's one of those. They may trample on your head. That's okay. You get a yeah. few knots on your head. You know what? But it's still going to work out. Let them get the vent vitriol out. Let them get the anger out. I think a lot of people think, well, it'll go well when you do that. Like sometimes it doesn't go well, but it's the start of that thing that needed to happen, right? That opened and the, start the conversation, folks. Yeah. Once you once you deflate that, that pressure cooker has been opened up. It's no longer the same amount of pressure by next morning. Okay, I got the I vented out. The venting's gone. Now it's like, okay, maybe there's a big emptiness there. I'd like to fill it with something. Yeah. What can I do to help re rebuild our relationship? And sometimes it may be nothing. But if you don't ask, you'll never know. But remember, ask them, what can I do? How can I reach you? That's a good And I guess that. it's probably okay if you don't have an answer right away either. That's okay. Remember what I told for my for the workers, for the employees, I tell the managers to give them 24 hours. So don't I do not want an answer right now. I want you to take 24 hours to come back and think about what did I do when you felt most valued by me? What did I do? when you felt most valued by me. And you said, Amazing. pause, give it the time. Yeah, and 24 hours later, come back in my office, uh, you know, three o'clock, come talk to me, tell me what I did. Or if you want to just write on the back of your card, give a three by five card, question on one side, their answer on the back side. Wow. And have the others, have the other card ready for when things don't go well. Well, you never made me feel valued. Okay, then I need to give you the next card. What can I do to make you feel valued? Why do you want to know now? Because you are an important part of my team. If we're going to make this team successful, I need you to help me be a successful leader to help the boss that you deserve. I'm going to ask a sticky question. I'm going yeah, to ask I'm it anyway. too. I need yeah. to help. Okay. It might not be a popular one, but we know that statistically the military is having trouble with retention right now. Yeah. Um, I hear a lot from folks that call into our organization saying, I'm getting screwed over. Um, command doesn't give a shit about me. They don't care. Um, we hear a lot of that. And, you know, some aspects it's getting better and some it's getting, unfortunately, worse. Well, so is that part of what you're doing is helping with retention? And I can help that. But what I mostly I teach them how to hire the right people. OK, selection. People say, OK, people think that uh, performance, engagement, retention are three different problems. No, they're not. They're all tied to the same thing, the individual. If you hire the right person, you get high performance, you get high engagement, and you get high retention. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. You hire the wrong person, you get low performance, low engagement, and high turnover. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Thing. Companies don't get it. It's And it goes back to most interviewers are not trained. Yet they're they're charged with hiring a very expensive asset, a performance asset. Right. That's a human being. If they're not performing, well, guess what? You hire the wrong people. If you have high turnover, I always tell people, well, you hire the wrong people. Can't be that easy. Yes, it is that easy. 
what did you ask him? Oh, I asked him, you know, what do you think? How would you sell me this pen? Where do you see yourself five years from now? Why do you want this job? Do you notice every one of those ends in a question mark? They're hypothetical. I could tell you exactly what I want to tell you and you can't do anything about it. Oh, that sounds great. You know, no, it's not great. It's just what I thought you want to hear. That's so true. But I need a job. So. <laughs> you know, describe three things from the job description that motivated you to apply. Motivated you to apply, period. Did you notice that? I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. So and now I'm instructing you to talk about something. It's called a directive statement. I'm telling you what to talk about. Describe the team that you worked on, the most difficult team that you ever worked on, period. What made that team so difficult? Who among the team was the most difficult to work with? What made them so difficult? What did you try to do to uh, work with this person? How did they respond? How did it turn out? You see that? Now I can Way see different than a hypothetical. Way yeah, it's a real story because now I can drill down. You know that person, the anger's come out, the emotions come out. What did you do? How did it turn out? I always want to know problem, action, result. Three things. Very simple. Do you like, have specific, like, always ask these things? Because you just brought up an interesting point. If I bring up something that can make them angry or show emotion, the question might not be as important as how you're going to respond or react. So is that part of the, like, someone that's really good at doing their job yeah. they're looking for emotional responses too or emotions will come out we want to know we want to know if you really are maybe you are the bad you know the bad team player right maybe you're the problem person and that's something i need to know before i hire you i need to know but i've got to ask the right questions if i have conversations and you know people talk about 50 50 that's not an interview that's a conversation it needs to be 90 10 or 20 80 where i only steer the conversation and you do 80 to 90% of the talking. That's when I make you feel valued. Huh, boss? Look at that. I already done something without even noticing it. I made you feel valued. I gave you the floor. I asked, I look down, I look at my follow-up questions. I've already written out. I don't have to think about anything. Everything's already structured for me. So mm -hmm. I can totally pay attention to what you're saying. I'm giving you great respect. I'm making you feel valuable. I make you feel valued. And if I do hire you, you want to now you want to know if I want to get the job because I've given it everything I got. I've told you what I've done. And how does that compare to my high performer that I have versus you coming in? Are you close with them or close with my low performer? Mm -hmm. I already have benchmarks because uh -huh. you've told me real stories. Not hypothetical. If I give you hypothetical answers back, I have no, nothing to compare it against. Well, geez, that sounds like a really good answer. You know, to what? This is why companies are having to turn over so many people. They have such right now they're dumping people. Is it more Dang. so now? Are you finding out um, like what in the last couple of years? All I hear from is you can't find anybody that works anymore. It's it seems to be like true. a common goal have, of a common theme of we hire people and then they just don't do anything. So we, we get rid of them and then we hire someone else. And we, they don't do anything. We get rid of them. I'm like, what's happened to all the people? Well, a lot of it's the applicant tracking systems they have in place. They are, uh, they use a lot of keywords, keyword yeah. searches. And if you're not familiar with those, you could be a stellar applicant, but you're on page five of the keyword search because you didn't understand how they work. Versus a smart one, I, I showed a company once how this works. I stuck my name on the top of the page. I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to put on there. No, nah, you're never going to be found. I said, watch this. 
Give me a couple hours. Let your system, you know, do the keywords. Let do the ranking. Let's look at the end of the day. Type in a, a job for whatever job that I'm, you know, that I applied for. Guess what? I'm number one. How did you do that? I'm incredible. What did you do? You, you, you broke our system. You hacked our system. No, I didn't do anything. What I did is I took your job description, copied and pasted it three times under my name, highlighted that font, that, that text, turned it into white, and turned the font size to one. It disappeared from your eyes, but the computer saw it just fine. Oh, what? There's the AI thing. Huh? There's the AI thing. It's picking up that small <laughs> font. Yeah, it's going to do it's yeah, it doesn't matter because the computer sees that reverse font from white to black or black to white. That's what people learn. They learn to put additional keywords at the end and just change that text font color to white and font size to one. Of course, they're going to on page one and thinking, wow, this is great. I already have my top five applicants when the real genuinely good five applicants are maybe on page three or five. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's why if you have trained interviewers, they're never going to let that that fake applicant end up being hired. That's there's no difference, in, you know, that and performance. So it's about being real. Tom, you got stories. If I asked you what was the most difficult decision you ever had to make, you see that you can tell me uh, personally, but I need to tighten that down. I need to tighten the aperture. What was the most difficult military action decision you had to make? Now all of a sudden, your brain goes right into that mode. You've got these stories. What was the biggest personal decision you ever had to make? You see that? Get people talking. And it's, it's hard. You can't betray it because you're going to notice something. If you try to lie to me, yeah. you're trying to change a, the handprint in concrete. You can't lift it and move it over here. It becomes really difficult. All of a sudden, behaviors change. Eyes turn away. People start fidgeting, you know, that kind of stuff because it's real. Mm. So you, you like read. You're like psyops. You can read. Body language. You don't have to be an expert at it. You just have to notice that the rates have changed. Hmm. So I love how you said that lifting the concrete. Yeah. The, I've never heard it put that way, yeah. but that's, that's, yeah. So you remember, weren't you a vandal once? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no. <laughs> Inner city kids know about this. We used to ride our bike to freshly poured concrete, yeah. you know, and see if we can make the tire tracks like that. Cause at the end, you know, hopefully it was wasn't still too wet yeah, what, to have a face print or a butt print in the concrete because we flipped <laughs> over yeah i did a few and got, got yelled at or worse so but, if i'm getting interviewed and i'm being asked these series of questions what's the best thing i can do obviously be authentic and real and honest but is there something it. prepare ahead of time the, the secrets are already there the job description tells you need someone who can make uh, who has great interpersonal skills, excellent communication, uh, strong analytical skills. Okay, give us a story for each one. What's a uh, you know describe the most difficult analysis you conducted? Analytical skills. What did you do? How did you find that? What information did you find? Where did you find it? How did it turn out? What's the most difficult interpersonal situation you ever been involved with with a customer? What did you do? What did the customer do? How did they respond? How did it turn out? You're starting to see a pattern here. Problem, action, 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 result. Now, so if you start asking people the same thing, tell me about the most, the biggest problem you had when you came back from the service. You see that? I'm not asking you, what would you do? I'm asking, tell me about what you did. Not would, it's about did, the doing part of it. What did you do? How did it, how did he or she respond what action did you take how did that what what was the outcome now we haven't spoken in three days you know? 
threw, threw a vase at me or whatever. <laughs> still working on this. Look, I got my still got my stealthy skills. I ducked it, you know. But so you teach people how to do this. Yeah, you teach people how to look for this as well, right? I mean, yeah. teach people so how to be interviewed and how to interview. Um, how do they find you? How can they hire you? Is that something people can do? AccuHire.com. We're redoing the website right now. So, folks, it's just a one page of my phone number on it. We're a small company, but we have some incredible clients. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you certainly do have some incredible clients that do some crazy things. Um, you know, I have a question. Yeah. This is asked quite often as well. I'm getting out. I don't want to do contract work, but I don't know what to do next. Okay. There's a lot of companies you're, you're saying you're doing contract work. You don't know. Well, it's out. like we have so many military members who are like, All hey, right. I'm getting out. I don't want to do contract, but I literally don't know what to do. I've done All it for right. 20 years. I created a site called interviewready.com. Interviewready.com. Not hyphen. That's a company out of Germany. I don't know who they are. <laughs> okay. Don't use anyway, that, folks. Interviewready.com. There's a military option in there. Mm. And it's strictly from my 20 years of watching you guys work. You gals, I know you're humble. You're too humble. You use the word we as a corporate employer. I hear that you know, we did this, we did this. I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. You're not talking about yourself. Who are you talking about? Whose credit are you taking? You see that simple terminology? Yes. The military is taught to be humble. Yes. Wonderful. But as a civilian, I need to say I did this, but I was a part of the team. The team included Sally, Jane, you know, Jen, Tom, Ralph. My job was to do the following. You see that now you're given credit already. What my role That's was to do this. Part. You know, then you start talking about I did this, I did that, I did this. This is how I established accountability. This is how I tracked performance. This is how I ensured that we met the deadline, that there was no glitches, that there's no surprises at the end. You see that? Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I teach companies how to do that, but I also teach the applicant side because I've watched you guys. I draw a line down the middle. How did my team, the interview board, conduct the interview based on what I just taught them? And how did the stellar applicant you pulled out of the woodwork somewhere where they look great, but they just don't interview well? What did they do wrong? I look for problems. Remember Indiana Jones when he was trying to steal that idol? At the yeah. end, he lifted it up and started running across those, you know, and this thing started falling. If you stepped on a wrong stone, he fell through. Yeah, that's the failure points. I love looking for failure points. And if I can teach you to avoid those failure points, those stones, you're going to have a stellar interview. And then I give you the tools at the end to build an incredible behavioral interview based on the job description that you just saw. This job requires you to analyze information. Okay, click on analyze information. Click on the task statement. It automatically generates a complete behavioral interview. You push print at the end. You've got a complete interview ready to go. I want you to look at those questions, come up with your best story, write down the memory jog, the title of your best story, hand it to a friend, practice out loud, and within three minutes, have your story completely problem, action, 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 result. You're going to blow away the interviewer. Wow. I want to train my kids on this so <laughs> they can get oh jobs. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, it applies to all. Yeah. Remember, it's such a simple change. Tom, you know this. If, I, if I'm if i shooting at a target 300 feet out and I got a pistol and I make the smallest movement here, what happens at the other end? It's a very big movement. Hey, jackass, you shot my target. Yeah, <laughs> that's never happened. No, not me. <laughs> what do you advise people who don't know 
what to do next. So they don't know what their passion is or their purpose. And it's been military this whole time. Okay. Uh, Uscience.com. Y-O-U-Science.com. It'll tell you what you love to do. Really? Y-O-U-Science.com. It's a science about you. What do you want to do? What's your passions in life? Answer. It's, it's, a, it's not expensive. Yeah. But it'll help insight. What do you like doing? Because if you love what you do, you never show up to work. You just can pay to play. I worked at UPS as a kid in high school. People are like, man, that's a nasty, dirty job. So what do you do it? I said, because I'm getting paid to exercise, man. Look at these. <laughs> Working out. I'm alone. I'm just lifting yeah, stuff. Okay. I can do mindless stuff. I could put on my ear, you know, pause yeah. back there. It was the greatest job ever. You know, I was making a ton of money for four hours of work. It's like four hours of serious exercising. That's I never cool. felt better. I need to get that job again. <laughs> I know, right? I want to sign up so for UPS. Invest in yourself. Invest in your job. Take it seriously. Go to use these resources that you provided. They'll be in our show notes as well. Usescience.com and interviewready.com. Yes. Interviewready.com will teach you how. Now, it works for every your whole family. This is for the military. Uh, if you can, uh, reach out to Tom, folks. Whoever's watching this, reach out to Tom. I'm going to give them a discount code that you can use inside there. My gift back to the military oh, and your family. Amazing. So there's going to be a discount code. I'm going to give it to you. I don't want to give it live because I'd like to, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I got a few too. <laughs> yes, you do. And uh, But I want to do that in my way of saying thank you for what you do for our country. So it's my gift back to you and your family. It can not only help your kids get into college, get into internships. It can help your spouse get a better job. You don't have to settle for anything because you're there. You're good enough. You just got to learn to tell the stories that convince them. Remember, confidence equals confidence. You've got that already. People have incredible transferable skills. They don't realize that. 90% of almost 80 to 90% of every job, you already have the ability. You just might learn, need to learn the specialty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not I love that. How long is how long was is a normal training session with you? Four hours. Four hours? That's cool. That's I know. Learn, I can help companies stop their turnover, improve engagement and retention. It's not hard. It is a process, folks. If you don't have a process, you have a free-for-all. You have to have a process. I make it a super simple process. At the end, you push print, use our interview builder tool, which, by the way, your unit helped me. Um, not didn't help me. They told me I had to build something. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> now, they don't, they're not good at asking. No, they're not good. They don't know no. how to we love your process, but it's taken us two hours to build great interview packets. I used to give them this gigantic Word document that to hunt, you know, copy, paste, edit, all that stuff. Can you bring that down to 15 minutes? I'd say what? You know, Can you make it the size of a pencil and have yeah. it automatically. And I love the next thing. I left the command and left the unit, you know, I walked out the, you know, out the gate. I got on my, my cell phone and I called my wife. How was your day? How the class? Great class. Guess what they want me to do? You never believe what they want me to do. They want to go from two hours down to 15, blah, 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 you know, like that. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm bitching. What else? You know, <laughs> she goes, what are you doing? What do you always tell me? Stop focusing on the problem. Focus on the solution. Hmm. Damn, you listen well. <laughs> I'm back in class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because focus on the solution. Two years later, we inter uh, unveiled Interview Builder. Now it's got over 14,000 users in it. So companies wow. are paying attention. I cannot tell you how, even at the top level, executive level, how people make hiring mistakes because they ask the wrong questions. I bet. We even created, I, I 
I got bored. So for five years, I started researching where executives fail. We have an executive version of that. If you want to hire the next CEO, CIO, CXO, whatever it is, these questions are brutal. If, you, if they can give you great examples of that, that they don't have these blind spots, they're going to be the right hire. Make them earn the right to work for organization. It's not hard. It's worth the money. It's worth the effort to put in for sure to hire the right people. It, it can be hard if you don't know what you're doing. Let's say that. You most people don't. Simple. Think about it. You may be entering once or twice a year. How good right. are you going to yeah. I mean, quite honestly, um, it's an investment. It's something that can help you find that not job, but like you said, something that you get to show up to every day and love doing versus out there, folks, you, just gotta, you know what? There's, I have a lot of stories. I had a gentleman from SOCOM headquarters in Tampa. He said, Joe, I haven't interviewed in 10 years. He's retiring. I said, go use that interview ready program. Use the questions at the end. Learn, take the military problem, you know, learn how military, where they fail. We did. A month later, I get this email. Joe, here's the stats. You know, it's like guys love statistics. 63 people interviewed the job. A got selected for the interview. I got the job offer and they complimented me how well I interviewed. That's awesome. That must feel good. That sells. That must feel good to you. This is a a private company. This is not a military or a contractor. This is strictly a private company. And I said, you know, I called him back. I said, you know, how did you do this? He goes, well, because your your questions helped me identify the stories that I had to sanitize so I could present it to a public employer. It's not hard. Nobody would know unless you brought that to their attention. I mean, unless they got lucky and thought about it and thought it through. But I mean, that's not what most people do. So you bring it to people's attention, awakens their awareness, opens them up and, and allows them to have a process, like you said, versus, yeah, we hire people when we need to. That's our process. But we don't have a process. So like you said, it's a free-for-all, right? I love if that, you you know, that. If you don't know what you're doing, in a road will get you there. You know, at the end, it comes a gut instinct decision. I like them or they, they really sounded great or they're, you know, but I know nothing about them. Yeah. That's why you know everything about them because everything that you, you're controlling the targets now. If you look at their resume and you ask, okay, let's say you have five applicants and five resumes. That's 25 different targets. If I ask five questions in each one. But if I decide to heck with these resumes, I'm going to ask you 10 questions that are critical to the role you need to do. I'm have every applicant against my targets. I now know who's hitting him, who's not hitting him. Versus I'm shooting at your target, your target. And like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, no. most people don't train on that. And, and, and I think you said a really important thing is know your story. Like have the stories. Yeah. Right. You've got them. You have them. I cannot tell you that. I had a... Uh, one of I had a kid, well, not kid, a college grad. His uncle called, or his grandfather called me and said, Joe, can you help him? He's not doing well. He's a great kid, has got a great 3.4 GPA. It's been a year, has not found work. I said, All right, talk to me. What happened? Well, they tell me I don't have the experience. So I said, What do you do next? Well, I thank him for the job. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a nice day. And I walk out. I'm like, No. Have you ever led a team on a project? Yes, I did. Have you ever assigned the duties? Have you ever made a presentation in front of a class? Yes, I did. Why aren't you telling me these stories? Oh, you can talk about those? I only thought you could talk about things you got paid to do. No, these are transferable skills. You've got them. Use them. It's funny, one of your unit guys, by the way, ended up at GE Nuclear in Wilmington. And I remember he came back and then the, uh, he told me the story. He says, Hey, that stuff's time act teaches us any used anywhere but here. You know, he goes, nine of the 10 questions were could have been from his program. Wow. <laughs> they use behavioral interviews. 
all of a sudden the class got really full. <laughs> That's how it works. Word of mouth and proof that it works, right? I mean, you could say it works yeah. all day long, but unless somebody else says it works, it works. Like, sure, you're going to say oh, it. Works. That's cool. You went straight to the top, literally, yeah. to prove at the proving ground, place of proving ground. Yeah. So I think you have proved that you know what you're doing. Uh, well, you now, the Naval Special Warfare guys heard about my work. They brought me in there. You know, I remember one of the CSM saying, Joe, no, I've got Navy folks in here. Don't tell them anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, gotta, I can't do all that, you know, so. Don't spread the good stuff. <laughs> it's, it's been fun, you know, folks. It's been an honor. Um, Chris Ferris brought me into JSOC, things like that. So it's, the work has been proven. It's a small change, but it makes a big difference. Kind of like shooting that gun. Yep. Change from a question mark to a period and you get the answers you need. Very simple. I don't even want to wrap this up because this has been awesome. So I, what I think we're going to need to do is just have Joe back on again. For I'd love to. You know what? 3.0. Thank you so much for what you guys do. I mean, thank, thank you. Again yeah. For all military spouses and their families, I want to help. So reach out to All Secure and Tom will or send you that uh, discount code for you guys. I want to benefit your whole family. That code works for all four programs that are on there. Amazing. So, wow. That's There's, really cool. There's no excuse not to. So now we've given you another. You can't get a job after that. You're unemployable. I'm kidding. <laughs> Forget <laughs> about it. Everybody can get a job. Listen, folks, it's a, it's a learned behavior. It's it's mm-hmm. just understanding how employers think. That's what I've been doing for years. I got into their minds, how they think, and I distilled that for everyone. Oh, I love it, Joe. I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you yes, for what I know you. will help many people get past that little hump of, well, I don't know what to do, right? I don't yep. know how to sell myself. I mean, that. I feel better just hearing what I heard today. I know. And I can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to sign up for that course. I've got oh, a 19 year old who it's fun. starts you know, creating folks, those skills. I love, now. I love working with people. I love helping people. If I can help you change your life, you already helped me change mine. As I tell the unit, hey, you help me take care of my family. I'm going to help take care of yours. Amazing. And, so. and to the folks listening, let's end it with this. Ask those questions of how did I make you feel most valued? How did I make you feel most loved? What did I do when you felt when I? What did I do? I love it. The action. So it's when the action. you felt most valued by me or most loved by me. Just don't confuse the two. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask the employee. What did I do when you felt most loved by me? Okay, we got problems. Wait a minute. That's a so whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> thanks. You guys you are phenomenal. Know. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the world out there. You guys are benefiting incredible people. So, thank you, Joe. Uh, Honor to be here. Thanks for listening to All Secure. Community matters now more than ever. So if you liked what you heard, please share, review, and subscribe. For assistance or to support our incredible warriors and their families, please visit us at allsecurefoundation.org. That's allsecurefoundation.org. Tune in next week to All Secure. And thanks again for listening. See you all then.